Welcome back to Listen to This, a podcast about music, for music, and everything in between. My name's Alex. And I'm Danny. And guys, it's summertime. That means it's time to party, it's time to drink, it's time to wear sunscreen. Wear sunscreen, guys, trust me. We, we've already had like 200 degree days here in Wisconsin, so uh, I can only imagine what it's like in some of the, the more southern states. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly, it's time to listen to music. I had somewhere I was going to go with that, but I distracted myself with my with my own sunscreen comment. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. I already got burned once, and it sucked. I'm I'm gen- gen- genetically half ginger, and, and let me tell you, that involves a lot a lot of freckling and a lot of burning. <laughs> In any case, uh, yeah, with it being summertime, we figured it'd be a very 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 fun idea to revisit summer bops, summer anthems, summer summer. I was gonna say hoedowns. That doesn't. That's not. That's not, quite what I'm going, that's not what I'm going for here. Like, no, that's perfect. That's exactly what we're going for. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe in your hometown, but <laughs> not here. Hey, now. <laughs> You're an all-star. Okay, but in the meantime, before we get into those summer songs, Danny, what have you been listening to lately? Ooh. Okay. So this is gonna be all over the place. So there we go. As you... opposed to our normally very structured. Yeah, that's true. Bits. Um. So if you followed us on social media, you'll see that I went to North Carolina with the Panoptics and watched them play. It was called the Festival or no Music at Midsummer, which was super fun. Yeah. Okay. So with your face like that, if you've seen the horror movie Midsummer, uh, directed by the same guy who made Hereditary, Ari Aster. Yeah, you already know where this is going. So. Uh, the first thing, we pulled up to the chicken tent. This was Friday. It was super hot, super sunny, very, very similar to how it looked in the movie. And we're like, okay, cool. Like, this is, we're like, it's fine. We're just freaking ourselves out. It's fine. Yeah. So she goes, oh, so-and-so will show you to your campsite. And we're like, okay. And out of nowhere, this person dressed in all white, like a flowy blouse and flowy skirt, start running down this path. And so we start following him in our car. And I'm just like... At what point do we just tell them to get in the car with us? Because this just seems rude. Like, we're just following this person. Mm -hmm. And as we're getting up the hill to our campsite, this other person comes out of the woods, also dressed in all white, said something in Swedish that ended in midsummer and kept running. And we're like, we're going to die. (laughs) Like I am aware that midsummer festivals are an actual thing culturally and stuff, but... Was this whole thing meant to be like slightly unnerving like the movie? I don't know, but some of the people who went definitely thought of it like that yeah. because there was, uh, so they did a Maypole celebration. Right, right. And there were two girls that came out dressed in all white, flower crowns, and blood all over their face. Oh. So definitely some people There was some took, inspiration. Yeah, someone, some people definitely <laughs> took the movie as inspiration for that. Oh, boy. But um, So the Panoptics were supposed to play on the smaller stage Friday night. So we were all kind of gearing up for that. And we're outside watching this one band. And it's kind of started sprinkling. And we're like, oh, it's whatever. It's fine. Yeah. And then it started literally like torrential downpouring. So we had to grab all of our stuff, take it back to the campsite. We were putting it under the canopy. And I was sitting under the canopy just like poking it every once in a while to make sure the water stayed off it. For sure. And we noticed that because our campsite was on a hill, we were just getting all the silt and clay from higher up the mountain coming into our campsite and taking everything with it. So I had to save Mallory's flip-flops. I had to save my white white shoes that were no longer white, and I had to throw them out, and it was really tragic. And, uh, like... Any garbage or something that we had around, we had to quick run around and pick it up because it was literally floating down the hill. So it was that for a while. And once it let up, we were like, we were playing football in the rain most of the time. So that was fun. It was the only way we got clean (laughs) because we've been camping for a while now. I want the audience to understand in my head what a novelty it is to to, to think of Danny playing football. (laughs) Hey, now I can be athletic when I want to be, kind of. It's great. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. It was great. Anyway, so... uh, The rest of the festival went off relatively well? Yeah. It was supposed to rain again on Saturday, but it just never did. It got cloudy, which was nice because it was hot. Yeah. Like, it was hot all weekend. So, uh, Panoptics played the main stage at 3 a.m. Wow. Yeah. 
But it was funny because like there was a few people still dwindling around. So we're like, okay, like we're going to be the hype girls. It was me, Mal and our friend Izzy. And we're like, we're going to be the hype girls. We're going to get everybody out. It's going to be fine. They got on and started like playing. And I don't know if it was just how many people were still awake or they just heard music. But actually, they got a decent crowd to come back to the stage and listen to them play. Well, so that was because you were being their hype girls. Yeah, we were like perfect hype girls. It was yeah. so much fun. And people were dancing. And there was this one girl who had uh, it was like a cape. But when she pulled it out, it lit up rainbow. Oh, right. It was so cool. So we were. I was literally just standing there just watching her dance. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be watching them. But it was so captivating because it was it literally lights. like a little, I know, it was like a moth. I'm like, ooh, shiny. But, um, yeah, it was super fun to watch them. It was a long time in a car, but it was worth it because yeah. it was such a fun time. Um, there was one, a couple bands. Um, one was Charlie Boy. Very reminiscent of uh, Daughter. If I think I mentioned them before. You, you've definitely said the name before. Yeah, because uh, Daughter had a song that was featured in uh, Altered Carbon. Uh, okay. It was called This Is The End. And if you listen to a lot of their discography, it's kind of uh, mismatched vocals slash beats slash kind of quick dance sort of thing i guess is the only way i can really describe it okay. but charlie boy is really reminiscent of them and they were really fun to watch so i was really happy about that hmm. and there were so many awesome bands there and just a lot of different groups there was a lot of different genres there was one called uh opus and the frequencies but for a long time we thought it was opus and the freaks because that's what his op like who am i op opus uh what are y'all freaks and I was just like, okay, so we thought it was Opus and the Freaks. It's Opus and the Frequencies. But so, then the fan base is called Freaks, I, I guess? I think so. Okay. I'm not sure. But they were wild. Yeah. They did a cover of Rage Against the Machine. What song? Uh, Pocket Full of Shells. I don't know if I know oh, the okay. full title of that one. But literally, I've never seen a bunch, and I say this with love, but I've never seen so many hippies moshing before yeah it was Hell so yeah. cool that's it what's was up. so much fun to watch and they were just so hyped and they had like backup singers and like trumpets it was awesome it was so much fun to watch Very so cool. that was a great time there um but so switching so when i was in the car i was super bored because we were 10 hours in a car yeah. at this point and we're like okay whatever so I started going on YouTube and like looking at things and Lorna Shore kept popping up because every like Lorna Shore is a death metal band that recently switched singers or lead vocals to a guy named Will Ramos. Okay. And uh, Ty showed me one of their songs into the hellfire. You're not going to understand a whole lot of what they say in this. It's all like super hardcore vocals. Okay. But what I thought was super interesting was what I found was a vocal coach was reacting to the music video into the Hellfire. Mm -hmm. And she was flabbergasted at how he was able to make some of the sounds that he was doing to the point where she was like, this must have been done in production, which Lorna Shore came out and said, no, that's not in production. That's literally what he sounds like. So they did a thing where they stuck a camera down his throat to see how his vocal cords move. Trippy. And like... I guess he's a freak of nature because when he would make certain noises, his whole so usually uh, the layer where the vocals actually come out, it looks like a little like tunnel, and it'll have a little like flap on it. Yeah, so yeah. It'll, they come together a lot, and then you have the top part of your throat that also flexes in and out. Mm -hmm. His goes sideways in his throat. Like the whole opening goes sideways, which allows them to That's make. That's weird. I mean, like, like interesting, yeah. but like a vocal uh, doctor or like a throat doctor looked at it, and he goes, "Okay, this isn't like this is a mutation of some sort where like he is able to make these noises." He's like, "He's kind of like born for this kind say, of was, stuff." He was mutated to be a great metal <laughs> yeah, singer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because like they were just blown away by it. Like he's like, and he goes, "This isn't like." 
abnormal. Like there isn't thing wrong here that we'd need to fix. But he's like, this is not common. Yeah, this is not what it, it usually looks like when people do that oh, type that's of stuff. So cool. So it allows him to kind of almost protect his vocal cords while he's still making like the most inhuman sounds I've ever heard. <laughs> and it's so interesting. Lorna Shore. Yeah, Lorna Shore. Uh go into i would watch like the vocal coaches kind of thing in it if you're not a fan of death metal because like she kind of breaks it down very well Mm -hmm. um because i'm i don't mind death metal but like it's not my cup of tea most of the time yeah you and i like hard rock but not necessarily like death metal or or even thrashing necessarily yeah so it was super interesting though, and I was just like, I kept asking Ty about stuff. He's like, "What is this Lorna Shore kick?" I'm like, "I don't know. I was bored." And then, okay, last but not least, but still talking about hardcore, "Bring Me the Horizon" is coming out with a new single, "Strangers," that will probably be released by the time this uh, episode comes out. And I'm already super fucking excited. Yeah, why is that? Because. Just because it's Bring Me the Horizon? Oh, yeah. I wasn't I'm so ready. I wasn't sure if they did like a 30 second snippet you heard. They kind of did. They did a uh, vocals only snippet of it of Ollie Sykes and their producer slash keyboardist uh, Jordan kind of running through the vocals in their hotel room. And I was so excited. Mm -hmm. And I know they're coming to Chicago October 14th. So I'm probably going to kidnap Mal and we're probably going to go see them. uh, It's them and Grandson is opening for them. And I love Grandson. So it's perfect for me. I cannot wait to see them live again. I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, any hoodle. What have you been listening to? Uh, So much like you having gone to a festival, I too went to a, a, a festival in summer. A summer fest, if you will. Uh, that, that just opened recently at the time of recording this and uh, one of my favorite bands was playing that day Modest Mouse uh, so I actually like planned my whole my 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 big life changes around it to where I was originally going to leave my job of the past eight years on Friday I was like you know what no Modest Mouse is playing Thursday night at 9 30 I don't have to worry about work the next day so I had my last day be Thursday then, I, then that day ended up being a half day so I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm just leaving this job. I'm going to go relax all afternoon, then go to Summerfest. So by, by, by the evening, we were there walking around, seeing everybody. Saw, I saw a metal band at the same stage that we saw Data Remember at, mm-hmm. and they were having the same problems that both ADTR, well, to a lesser extent ADTR, and Knuckle Puck were having when they kept telling people, start dancing, start doing things, but there's benches all over the ground. Yeah. It's like, we, they, they, no one can physically do that, dude. <laughs> But, oh well, they seemed to be having a great time. They kept telling people that were on the uh, Skylift transfer thing to jump off. (laughs) (gasps) Yeah. But they were doing it right above a tent. They're like, land on the tent and slide down. It'll be so cool. Oh, my God. But the cameramen were having a fun time with them, too. There there was a lot of back and forth. So it it seemed like it was a pretty good show. Not quite my style of music. Kind of in the same way with you and Lorna Shore. But it was still fun to watch. Oh, I bet. Um, I, I heard that Steve Aoki that same night just wasn't wasn't quite it like even like past Summerfest Divioki it was better than what he what it was this year Ooh. just kind of comparably lower energy yeah I guess damn but Modest Mouse <laughs> we got there like 45 minutes early because I thought they started at 9 30 because I thought they were like not supposed to uh compete with the headliners that start at 10 o'clock but mm-hmm. no sure enough they were starting at 10 i'm like okay that could have changed because some people dropped out like justin bieber with his palsy had to leave and some other people left um so maybe it was to accommodate that but uh when they got on i i i was very surprised by the show because they had a new album come out within the last year and on their page on summerfest.com or whatever it talked they were talking about the, the album's called the golden casket they were talking about the Golden Casket a lot. So I figured, okay, this will kind of be like maybe part of a promo tour for it. They'll play primarily that album, uh, which, which is fine. It, it's, it's a good album, but I, I I like a lot of their other ones more. You want to hear a little float on? Yeah. <laughs> That's um, like the only song I know from them, to be fair. That, 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 that was their big hit, yeah. Yeah. Um, but to my surprise, so like I, I tried predicting what their opening song would be and what their closing song would be. Then I then I said what I hoped their closing song would be. I thought I guessed what I thought it would be, and then what I actually wanted it to be. Uh, I got the opening song wrong, uh, 
The song I thought they were going to open with, they played third. Uh, they played Dashboard, at, like which is probably their second biggest song. They played that in like, like the middle of the show, like mm-hmm. right, right at that middle point. And then the song I thought they were going to close with, they played immediately afterwards. So I'm like, what are they, what are they going to close with? And they started the guitar part for the song I wanted it to be. And then I think it was a bit. I don't think it was genuine. Isaac, the lead singer, just couldn't find the right key. So instead, they played some other really high energy song. And I'm like, oh, but it was it was it was right there. It was it was, there. It was so close. But ah oh, well, it, it, the song they played was still still a blast. It was still awesome. So Modest Mouse, I I only know. I only very well know half their discography. I have four of their albums and they have eight total. And I thought, so album four is the one with Float On and that's when mm-hmm. they kind of changed to be a bit more, I don't want to say poppy because I wouldn't consider them a pop rock band, but no, more like but palatable for the mainstream. I always kind of joke, they're kind of like the indie pop of like the 2000s. Like that sounds, like even though I think that came out, did that come out around the 2000s? The Float On album? Yeah. That came out in 2004. Yeah. So, like... Three? Four? four. Yeah. Pop I, then was kind of interesting, so I always considered them, like, the indie pop of mainstream. I consider them a weirder, more indie version of The Killers. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but to my... So, like, everything before that, it was a bit more, like... Maybe this won't make sense, but a mixture of, like, garage rock and shoegaze. Like, that was, like, their original mm-hmm. style. Um, and to my surprise, they they played songs from from that that generation. They played the first song they ever released publicly, the first song off their first album. They actually played it. And I was like, I was like, holy, holy shit! I didn't think I was gonna hear this one at all. This is great, and and they, they they nailed it. Despite it being damn near thirty years after since it was released, they yeah. they, they were still doing great. Uh, then they played a a, a uh, what I thought was a throwaway slow song from the same album with Float On. And and they nailed that. It was a lot, a lot of fun. And I then so then they left. And of course, one more song. Well, their encore was actually three more songs, and one of them was, of course, "Float Out." Yes. And it was it was a blast. That was like the one that like everybody in the crowd was singing along with. And I it 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 delighted me. Like no one talks about Modest Mouse. I feel like, or maybe I'm just not not involved enough in their scene because. Every I, everyone who I went with w- went because I was going to Modest Mouse. Yeah, and they were like, yeah, sure. I know Float On. I know maybe like two or three other songs, and that's it. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, let's go then. If you, if you guys, if you guys want want to join, let's do it. So I was kind of worried about what 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 the turnout would be, but their their stage was packed. Their stage yes. was packed. It was, and I, because we'd gotten there 45 minutes early, we had a really damn nice spot. Oh, that's awesome. And then like a half hour before they started, Summerfest did their fireworks. So as soon as the fireworks ended, Modest Mouse came on stage, and I was like, oh hell yeah. That's exactly what I'm hoping for here. And at one point, Isaac puts down his guitar and pulls out his banjo for some of his songs. And he doesn't like... Like, he hands the guitar to a stage hand, but uh, the guy holds out his hand for the pick and Isaac goes, no. And you see him licking to stick it to his forehead. So over three songs, he's playing banjo with his guitar pick on his forehead. <laughs> this guy's fucking weird. I love him. Oh, my God. I can only imagine. Like, I wish... Summerfest was kind of like the old school sort of festival where like people could have crowd surfed to float on because yeah. that's what I always imagined in that my head seeing that live like that. is watching people just crowd surf to float on <laughs> like that's amazing it, it it was so fun and like I, I Isaac had like banter in between songs but a lot of it was just like weird like no, no, nothing bad or even nothing like like stupid just saying like hey guys you might want to separate you might want to separate because this show is getting a little, little, little rowdy right now, or so, or something like that. It's like it's like silly, stupid stuff. This is like very parent humor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's got to be in his forties, maybe his early fifties now. So that's uh, awesome, though. And and I, I perhaps it, it isn't my place to say this because I've only been a big Modest Mouse fan for like maybe half a decade, um, but they've been around since I mean ninety six. Well, they ninety six is when their first album came out. But that wasn't their first recorded album. Their first recorded album came out like third, or maybe like sixth, or something like that. Because the first album, the record company's like, this isn't good enough, make something new. Mm-hmm. So they made something new, and then later they're like, we're big now, can we release that first album? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. But from the, their early days, I've heard, you know, just from the internet, so take it with a grain of salt, I've heard that Isaac is very was very self-conscious about his lisp. So he would like bring in like backing vocalists and kind of 
amp up their sound a bit to kind of hide his during certain parts of songs or he'd like kind of kind of like scream it that way it was less noticeable but now it's like very clearly he doesn't care anymore it's yeah. like he, he's just he's just happy to be singing his songs and stuff so I, I i i like knowing that that he's like gotten over his like fear or or, or self-consciousness and again that's only from the internet so take it with a grain of salt yeah. but i just want to go hug him now <laughs> that's adorable but like 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 it, it would make sense if you heard their first like two albums like yeah like every time there's a certain like a certain like s sound because it, 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 it isn't a lift it yeah. isn't like a th but there's it's it's that softer kind of i i can't replicate it unfortunately but uh like he, he definitely whenever those sounds come out he's definitely playing his guitar really loudly or like in the song head south one of my favorite songs from the first album there's a a, a female vocalist that's you, you very clearly supposed to be a backing mm-hmm. thing but is pretty pronounced and he's like screaming south so you can't really hear it and whatever so i mean it, 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 it makes sense to me if he was self-conscious about it yeah but no but nowadays he's happy he, he he's successful he, he can do what he wants he's, he's, he also has his own like uh uh studio so yeah. it's like other artists come to him for his advice and stuff so like good i'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm just happy that he is doing well <laughs> yeah i love that so much oh my goodness That's um so other okay but yeah so modest mouse aside uh not 93 feet of smoke had a new song come out that i swear i swear i don't want to say stolen but he was heavily inspired by exile by taylor swift featuring bon Iver. oh really yeah that i think i've heard the song before but i didn't like the ending like yeah. like the melody is so damn close it's not the same thing it's not it, it, it's more it's more different than like uh under pressure and ice ice baby it isn't like that close but it's 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 very close yeah and i'm like dude kind of playing with fire now but he has he has a record label who makes him do stuff now so it could be could could be them trying to capitalize on stuff like that probably uh i re i rediscovered evan and jaron for their song crazy for this girl from back in like 2000 2001 or something like that it was a song i hadn't heard in the longest time and i was just like oh holy shit this is this is this is this is a this is a trip down memory lane and then i just have you ever heard of the band me first and the gimme gimmies i hadn't either but apparently this is there they were a relatively big deal they're like a punk like it's not pop punk it's not ska it's not punk rock they're a rock band i guess whatever i'll give it an umbrella term and while they have some original songs they're best known for all their cover albums Mm -hmm. they'll do covers of like r&b artists or they'll do an entire cover album of bob dylan or an entire entire cover album of i don't know elvis or something like that and uh they they covered a i want to say it's a boys to men song called end End of the road and it's it's good stuff it's good stuff i'm I wonder if they're one of those bands that nowadays, though, in, in their fan base, if they're considered a cover band as opposed to a band that has done some covers. Yeah. But I don't know. Or if that's how people end up finding them more is through the like covers and not their originals. Their original stuff, yeah. Speaking of Elvis, though, I want to go see that movie. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just thinking that. My favorite thing, so everyone is making fun of Austin Butler, who uh, plays Elvis in the movie, because he is, a, like I guess, from... California so he had like almost that like valley accent sort of Mm. deal but now since he's been playing Elvis for like I think they've been filming it for almost two three years now yeah yeah. so he's like stuck in the accent like in the Elvis accent and he can't it doesn't seem like he realizes it or he can't like click out (laughs) of it (laughs) and so everybody's just roasting this poor dude I'm like he's been playing this for like I want to say three years. You're, it's, it get, you get used to how right. that feels. Your dialect changes yeah. depending on where you are or how, how you hear people talking or yourself talking. Exactly. So I, uh, I know I've seen Austin Butler in things before. Excuse me. I know I've seen Austin Butler in things before, but when I saw the, the trailer originally, you know, months ago, I know, hey, Tom Hanks and Austin Butler, who's just playing Elvis? I looked into him and just he... At least from his Wikipedia photo, he has just the most punchable face. And I was like, oh, God, who the hell is this guy? Like, he, he looks like the epitome of douchebag who thinks he's hot shit. Yeah. But then seeing more Elvis clips, then seeing him in interviews, I'm like, okay, that was a huge misread of who he is. Like, he actually seems like a relatively humble guy. Like, he, he was, I watched him telling stories about visiting Graceland and, like, meeting Priscilla and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And also, like, 
I thought he was obviously the accent is is acting, but I thought he was lowering his voice too. But no, hearing him talk, his voice is just that deep. Yeah. <laughs> And it was funny, too, because he went to the Met Gala with either Priscilla or their daughter. Ooh. He took her to the Met Gala. For, Very cool. I, so it was, it's kind of interesting to see, like, how... Like, cause usually when you hear about Elvis impersonators and stuff like that, like, the family wants nothing to do with it. Right. They're just like, you know, you're just taking a story and just doing whatever you want with it. Like, we don't... We're not going to touch this. Right. But this is, like, the first one where I, it's interesting seeing the family back it now yeah and like it's almost like they've adopted him <laughs> a oh. little bit oh boy They're like they just like you know with the mechella and all their outings together i'm like i think they like adopted him it's adorable that's cool yeah i, mean, I love not? it i uh I, I also recently watched a different elvis movie uh elvis and nixon uh <laughs> it was it was back in like 2016 before everything came out but uh kevin spacey played richard nixon and somehow that's the greatest casting i've ever I, heard he was great you know i mean not condoning anything about his personal life but yeah. kevin spacey is a phenomenal actor um but they had elvis played by michael shannon which is not good cast i mean okay i should not sorry that was very unfair of me that that is not good physical casting yeah like he did he did the voice just fine and stuff but like they had they had like this guy playing elvis oh no and he just he just doesn't look like elvis at all no but like, he did he, he did the, the, the voice just fine he had the cadence down everything like that was good but uh in the movie two Elvis impersonators come up to Elvis in an airport. They're like, yeah, your outfit's all right, but but trust me, this is what the king wears. And he's like, oh, is that right? <laughs> oh, my God. I hope they kind of touch on that a little bit because I know, too, in the movie, a lot of people are excited because, like, this is one of the few movies that kind of call out how he was very influenced by uh, black churches mm -hmm. and kind of that black R&B culture that was very underground at the time. And there's a couple of clips that they released where... You know, he was kind of talking to this one guy about it, and he was just like, look, you're a white boy singing, like, our songs. And I'm just like, yes, finally. But, like, it's not as, like, oh, he Elvis took this and ran with it. Like, that's not it at all. He was just very inspired by what he was around because he grew up in, like, poor middle nowhere Tennessee where mm -hmm. a lot of other people grew up. And he just kind of, that was what was around him. That's what inspired him and got him into that type of genre and music and yeah. i find it very interesting that now finally we're touching on kind of how he was influenced by that i also i also like i'm not sure how they're going to approach it but from from my understanding from my modest amount of research like like i i i did delve into it a bit but um like most of the black community like enjoyed what he was doing they're like wow we're hearing our kind of music on the radio now and mm -hmm. this is great there was obviously there's, there still is obviously a, a faction that is opposed to what elvis did like you know uh, appropriation or whatever like mm -hmm. in uh fight the power who's that by uh i can't remember the band name right now but uh they have they have a line like uh talking about how racist elvis was but a majority of of the black community at least at the time appreciated what he was doing made them feel like hey we are part of this community kind of thing like yeah. even, even even the white the white man is singing our, our music like hey that's great that's this kind of thing and now obviously there were other tensions going on not music related around that time yep. and i like how it, it'll, it'll address that as well like like cuz in my head the iconic line from the from the trailer is that has nothing to do with us that has everything to do with us like, <laughs> like, like, like i i like that, that they're addressing that yeah because I think that's what's going to make it a very lasting movie is when... And I really am interested to see how they pull it all off. Because, like, Elvis... Especially when I was growing up, my grandmother loved Elvis. So mm -hmm. kind of hearing that music and, like, at one point he was, like, the like spokesperson for hawaii not like for real but like you know he always had the lays and he mm -hmm. always had like that hawaiian kind of uh style music to Trying it just come back and stuff, yeah. yeah so it was really interesting kind of that switch that he had later in his career because i only knew the hawaiian version of elvis which is funny to say but then really yeah oh. that was the only songs i really heard and when i 
was like, oh, I kind of want to hear more. And then I heard like the earlier stuff. I literally didn't believe it was the same dude. Really? Yeah. It was completely different. So I'm excited to kind of see how they pull off just the personal stuff, the political stuff, and then like the entertainment side of it. Because it's a very interesting story that they're trying to tackle. And I feel like the image of Elvis himself has just become so larger than life. Absolutely. That like trying to tell the actual story is either going to really pull people in or it's going to piss people off. Like Elvis is definitely a guy like, like to the to the common listener. He's definitely like a caricature like, oh, yeah, Elvis, the guy who ate peanut butter banana sandwiches, died on the toilet. Elvis <laughs> has left the building and 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 hunk a hunk of burn in love and stuff like that. And but shaking like, the hips. And shaking the hips. So, yeah, which is also why, like, a lot of the white community was not a fan of him because he was attacking certain values that were held by a majority of the country. Yeah. Like, that is inappropriate dance music. And uh, he was... I know I made the joke in the past that the Beatles got big because they came out around the time when women were allowed to be horny. But I feel like Elvis was the guy who was changing the laws that allowed them to be, you know, changing the laws yeah. that allowed them to be horny. Exactly. That's my favorite thing, though. And this is like my last thing on it. But the clip that they released um, was like his first performance. And, and the like, girls are going yeah, wild. and he's starting, and everyone like the guys are giving him shit, like get a get a haircut, like all this shit, and then he starts like singing and dancing, and this girl's like sitting there, and she's literally vibrating. And there's one and girl who like puts her hand down her neck, like yeah, that. And she like, oh, starts boy. screaming, and I'm just like, this is fucking hilarious. And they're like, oh please, Lord, don't let him hurt my baby. And he goes, he. <laughs> Yeah, uh, hurt him. They look like they want to. <laughs> it cuts off, and I'm like, I can't wait. It's gonna be so good. Uh, but I, I actually do like. The, I'm pretty sure the first Elvis song I ever heard was Hound Dog. Mm-hmm. I think so if too. I, if I'm not mistaken, and then from there I don't know because from there I know that's when I began learning about peanut butter banana sandwiches. He was the fat guy in the white suit or whatever. But before that, he had like, you know, Jailhouse Rock and whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I do think. No, I am not an Elvis scholar by any means, at least by way of his discography. Um, but I do think I like his his comeback career more because I, I think my favorite Elvis song is "Burn in Love." I, I like his his version of. Uh, I think he's the original version of "Can't Help Falling in Love with You," right? Uh, I think I think he's the OG. He he didn't write it himself. No. But. I. Yeah, I think you're right. Song by Elvis Presley. Yeah. Yep. From from the ironically enough, the Blue Hawaii album. Yeah, that is a really good song. No, uh, I love all the covers too that people have done it of it. Like uh Twenty One Pilots I knew did one where it was super cut back and it was just the main guy walking down the street with a ukulele and he was walking to the concert hall and so everybody was quiet when he was walking past, which must have been such a feat to get everybody to shut up while yeah, he was doing that. Honestly. But then they get into the concert hall and all of a sudden it lights up and everyone's in there and they're all singing it. And it was oh, just that's it's cool. so cute. I love that song. I I I think I think I've talked about talked about this before, but I'm gonna bring it up again. So Haley Reinhardt is a jazz singer. Uh she did a cover of Can't Help Falling in Love. But there's I, I, I swear, there's two different versions of the song that exist. One that's like, you know, the regular song. And one that was featured in those, uh, I think it's Trident, or maybe it's Extra Gum commercials. Mm-hmm. The, the, the campaign where these two people are writing love notes on their gum wrappers or whatever. Because at the end of the song, in the commercial, she, uh, when she says, uh, can't help falling, like she goes up with it as opposed to as opposed to just keeping it keeping it level. She, she does a small little little... little vocally arpeggiated version <laughs> of that of that part and i like it a lot but i couldn't find a studio version of it so i just took the commercial and the song and just trip, cut off the end of the song and filled it in with the commercial oh part, my god I wanted, I wanted to hear it naturally That's so funny uh, her her cover is very good as is i think i like it even more than Haley's, but if it is it's only by a little uh bailey bomb she has a very like uh it's this isn't accurate but in my head it makes sense a very like vocoder version of it yeah like it's so like uh 
it's heavily produced despite being low key, and I I, th I think it works very well. But uh, yes, no, Elvis has many good songs that you can dance to. Maybe even in summertime when it's hot out and you have a, a and your love is burning. Ooh, that's ooh, I take that one back. Already. Yeah, that's that it. Should not be those. burning. <laughs> if it's burning, go to a doctor. <laughs> I, you know what PSA people gotta know that's not normal. That's, that's not okay. It, 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 it is it is not, not not the throes of passion. That is a disease. Cranberry juice does not help. What? <laughs> Girls, how to confuse the boys? Uh, cranberry juice is something many women drink to help regulate oh, okay. a and lot that, of things. I thought, I, but it doesn't actually work. It was it's a giant kind of propaganda thing okay like just just go to your doctor man i thought like that part i knew i thought you meant like pouring it on i'm like what <laughs> i'm like what straight up i just sorry juice. i had a hooker last night you got any cranberry juice <laughs> oh, i just have the image of someone just pouring cranberry juice in their lap <laughs> <laughs> then it just spirals out of control, like no pregnancy for me today. <laughs> so a good summer song that I think has come out recently and I know is getting popular on social media things like Instagram reels and TikTok is Nikki Yor, Nikki Yore's song Sunroof. Yeah. Uh it's 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 not not to discredit it, but it's it's a pretty generic pop song, modern, like almost like vaguely indie pop song. But but it's fun. It's the kind of thing that like uh, I could see starting the beach day, if you will. Like that's the kind of song that plays as you're in the car driving there, and maybe the ending of the song is as you're all getting out and pulling stuff out of the car, yeah. going to the beach. But it but then you'd have to find something else to uh, explode the festivities, if you will. <laughs> And if you won't, well, then just louder music. Just louder music. <laughs> just play it again, but louder. Yeah. Um, speaking of Elvis, the, one of the songs that it's on the motion picture track is uh, Vegas by Doja Cat. And it is such a fun music video to watch. And it's just, it's very, like, reminiscent of just, like, hot summer days. Like, you got to be doing stuff sort of deal. And I just... I think that's going to be a song that's going to we're going to hear a lot, especially Doja Cat because she like yeah. runs the radio right now. Now it is, yeah. Uh, out of curiosity, this this is this is a random question that popped into my head like two or three days ago. Do do you consider the song "Summer of '69" a summer song? I mean, yeah, I suppose. Like maybe like an August month sort of song could like like kind of like looking back on the summer yeah right? like still something that exemplifies the like same with uh uh boys of summer i view like both of those as like songs that are about looking back now mm -hmm. i know boys of summer is actually about looking forward but regardless like 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 tone wise i consider yeah. those more like nostalgic songs but i know like it wasn't it was some family member of mine considered it like one of his summer anthems one time i mean Summer of '69, uh, but <laughs> nice. I, I don't know. I, it, it just popped in my head. There's one song I can't think of, or that I can think of that I kind of always associated with summer for some reason, even though it's a horrible song, and I can't remember. Oh God, it was so You're bad. Locking it out. Yeah, I can just hear like the melody. This is like me trying to find Face Down again on repeat. <laughs> like, oh no. Um. I'll figure it out by the end of this episode. I swear to God. I uh, I know in the, I know in the past we 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 we've talked about this, but I'm kind of I'm thinking I'm going to focus more in this episode about like the quieter summer vibes, mm -hmm. like like hanging on someone's patio or being at like a bar with a few people, as opposed to being on the beach or being at the club or, or going wild. Yeah. And one of those songs that that that, that one of the, well, a song that fits into that that category for me is Mr. Jones by Counting Crows, like. It sounds like the kind of song that was like you're walking down the road, you find a nice hole in the wall bar, and you just go and hang out for a bit, and you're chatting, and the kind of thing where the song comes on, and the four people in the bar all know it, so you kind of sing to it together, and you just have like a nice, a, a nice night in, yeah. in, in in July when you're trying to escape the heat outside, kind of thing. I like that. Also, the song I was thinking of was "Summer Girls" by LFO. 
LFO. Yeah. Never heard of him, her, them. I think it's them. Probably for the best. It's not the best song. Oh. But I do. <laughs> Probably for Like, the best. okay, for like, look at the lyrics and just like, I mean, just the summer vibes. It does have summer vibes, I think, just because it, it's of the same realm where it's like a chiller sort of like friends getting together and just like shit talking sort of deal. But yeah. Yeah, this 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 is very like maybe it's different with the music, but it's very like erratic. Mm-hmm. You're the best girl that I ever did see. The great Larry Bird, Jersey thirty three. When you take a sip, you buzz like a hornet. Billy Shakespeare wrote a whole bunch of sonnets. Call me Willie Whistle, cause I can't speak, baby. Something in your eyes went and drove me crazy. Like that I mean I think that's funny, but I'm I'm not sure if I if, if oh, never mind. I, I, I don't I, I don't want to shit shit on a song I haven't even heard before. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, another chill one is I, I, I'm fairly certain a few of these songs I've, I've discussed before in, in different themed episodes, but uh, "Walking," the song from uh, "88 Rising's Head in the Clouds" too. It has like Joji, Swiley, and a a bunch of other artists off "88 Rising." I'm not too familiar with, mm-hmm. um, but but that's that's. That's a cool summer evening song. Not cool like stylish. Cool as in low temperature summer evening song. Uh, that I feel like is is. I, I guess it kind of fits into that that whole nostalgic vibe we were talking about with summer of '69. But I don't don't know why. After the high energy of Modest Mouse, I've kind of been listening to relatively chiller music, and maybe that's why I'm f- f- focused on these things. And I can't quite get my emotion out about how I want the because I'm be- I'm better at describing big explosive emotions, but in this case, I, I, I'm trying to focus on quieter ones. Sister Hazel is, is a band I consider a summer band. Even though they have some less than positive songs sometimes. They have songs about like sadder emotions. Things like All For You. Uh, other things by Sister Hazel. Uh, happy. Well, Happy is actually a sad song. I have a lot of sad songs by them. But whatever. They sound <laughs> like a summer band. Because even though sad songs are relatively upbeat, I guess, tone-wise. Summer Paradise by Simple Plan. That, that that's a cool one. Despite being pop punk, that that, that that has an island vibe, and it features Sean Paul, who I'm a fan of. I love that. Oh my god. Um. So kind of where you're taking it as uh, kind of like the chill vibes in between things. Fight me. <laughs> so where you're taking like the in between vibes, I'm kind of. I'm trying to guess what we're what's gonna be capped the 2022 summer song, um, but going into like your neck of the woods with like the chill songs, uh, in the dark by Swally and Sunflower from Post Malone and Swally, mm-hmm. I think are really good in between moment songs, like in between going or like you know going to the beach or going to a fire, like. Or in between, you know, ending the night and going home sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's those quiet moments of just, like, you're high off the energy you were just with and you're kind of coming down and you're just like, yeah, everything is okay sort of deal. And I think that's what's the nice thing about summer is it's it's more recognizable when you feel like that. And it's fun kind of finding the right songs that, like, accentuate that. And I think both of those songs have that sort of sound to it. Yeah. Okay. I, I I only know Sunflower of the two of those, but yeah. but but I can see it with that. We had said I, I think we had agreed that last summer's anthem was Watermelon Sugar. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I feel I feel like that was the one that stood out the most that most people knew of, and definitely helped having like things like TikTok and and whatever oh, being yeah. being being firmly established in the mainstream by that point to help help spread it. My favorite thing was uh, someone was telling a story of how they were so. It's, for some reason, schools are still doing that, like, bring a song to school day sort of deal. What? Like, pick a song, like, uh, song of the week, or, like, bring in, like, a song that you've been listening to sort of deal. Like, Partyville did that. I never had that. Really? Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I never, I never did that. But Ugh. someone asked their teacher if Watermelon Sugar could be the song of the week, so the teacher listened to it. And because it doesn't explicitly talk, say, like, what it's talking about... Mm-hmm. She was literally was just like, I'm not 
going to pick this because I don't think anybody could be this excited about watermelon. So I think this has a more nefarious meaning. And no, everybody's just like, what do you mean? We love one. <laughs> like, yeah, nice save there, kiddos. Yeah. I was just like, that's so funny. No one can like watermelon this much. <laughs> I'm just like, she couldn't figure out what the, what what the what the subtext was though. No. It was just she either was too old to understand, or like just didn't put the pieces together at the time. She probably went home and was like having her like little nightcap and was just like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but like three months later, yeah, that's what that was. But she probably went home and googled it. <laughs> Honestly, um, I I know I. I know I'm, I've been going on and on about doing chill things, but I just saw a yellow card pop up in my library. So I'm like, Ocean Avenue is a summer Ocean album. Ocean Avenue! The whole album itself. Yes, the, yes, the, 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 the titular song, but, but that, that whole album is, 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 is uh, 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 frothing with summer hits. With things like <laughs> Life of a Salesman, uh, uh, Breathing. I love Breathing, especially the very end of it. Uh, stuff like that. What was the one song where it's not Ocean Avenue, but it was like another really, really popular one? Maybe Way um, Away? No. Oh, Only One? Only One, yes. I, I, I think Only One's kind of boring, in my opinion. Like I. But it just has such long, drawn-out notes, or drawn-out notes, that like if that played at a bar, you best believe everybody's going to sing it, and most likely they're going to hit that note. Yeah. I've expressed my thoughts on Yellow Card, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I, you certainly are, are not wrong with your analysis there. I also, like, sound-wise, I want to consider them a summer band, but just lyrically, I cannot. The yeah. Wonder Years. The Wonder Years is such a sad boy band. <laughs> because, and, like, I, I get it. Uh, who's the lead singer? Uh, Dan Soupy. He's he's getting he's getting off a lot of emotional baggage via music, mm -hmm. to where like you can thrash and dance around to it, but just don't listen to the words he's saying. Just kind of don't thing. listen to the it's lyrics. About, it's, about, it's about his pain. All right, I'm calling this right off the bat for this summer 2022 song. I guarantee it's going to end up being First Class by Jack Harlow. That uh samples fergie's glamorous and i think that is like gonna be that whole i, I don't even know the song really oh well i also i haven't been listening to the radio at That's all fair. now yeah i made the mistake of listening to the radio when i was driving to madison and it just it kept going cosmopolitan I, thinks it's one of the summer anthems so so it, it, it checks out but what's funny about that song is one, you know you're a millennial when you try to sing the Fergie part and because it's so chopped up, you get mad because it's not what you remember it. Yeah. Also, it has um, a Nicki Minaj vibe to it. The uh, Moment for Life song with the piano riff that was in between the hook and the like the other part of the song. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> it kind of has all these different very pop culture-y elements to it that I think at this point, like, it's it's going to be played a lot this summer. And at first, I was not excited about that. But now I'm, I either I've listened to it too much, I've brainwashed myself, mm -hmm. or, like, it's not that bad. <laughs> like, it wasn't it wasn't a bad song, but I, I feel like something that chill shouldn't be an anthem. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, not shouldn't be. I'm, I'm not trying to gatekeep what could be anthems. <laughs> I, I just can't see that being being the thing. I mean, it might be. Who knows? Uh, I, I, are you familiar with the group Glass Animals? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think their song Heat Waves could do it. I mean, I oh, think yeah. th that may have been released last year. I don't fully remember. It was, but it, it was, but it didn't get popular until a couple recently. months after. But it's funny because, like, I really like Heat Waves and I like Tangerine, Tangerine but I know them yeah. from Agnes back uh, a couple albums ago. And that is not a happy song. No. So it's kind of funny, like, hearing the different, like, tones they can take. And they pull each one off very well. Okay. So it's kind of funny because they won a award for Heat Waves. I think it was the Billboard Awards. I'm not sure. Yeah, it must hmm. have been. Anyway. Um, and they won like best pop song or something like that. And he, they went up their best rock song and they went up there and they're like, see, 
we're a rock band. And it was so funny because they're all just kind of like laughing. He goes, I told them we could be considered a rock band. And here we and are. There they are. And it was so cute. Zach, Zach called uh, the newest Modest Mouse album Sounding Like Glass Animals. And I, while I can see it, I, I, I wouldn't be able to mistake it for Glass Animals. Mm-hmm. I could just see inspiration in there. Um, it, I, I don't know why this popped into my head. Like, there's, there's no real correlation from Glass Animals to this topic. But I forgot that uh, two weekends ago, there was a street festival uh, on the east side. And uh, they, they had a bunch of groups playing. But the thing is, the headliners... So there, there, there were there were two different streets and an alleyway, and they and both streets had a band playing, and both headliners didn't really didn't really impress me much, um, but one of the like the, the four o'clock or five o'clock bands was called Tagera, and I'm pretty sure they're a local band, a, a Milwaukee band, and they were so much fun. They were they were pop rock, maybe pop punk, but but pop rock definitely. They were they were they were having a great time, and. Uh, Zach tells me that on Friday or Saturday uh, that they were at Summerfest there. Oh, really? And, yeah, and and I, yeah, there there really isn't any correlation to the whole glass animals thing. I, I'm trying to think of well, their sound is kind of no, it's not. It's not yeah. similar. But uh, that's for the summer solstice. The summer solstice yeah. festival, yeah. Uh, then then after Tagera went down and there was I finished up and there was no other bands that were really impressing me. We just went to a, the rave in the alley. It was cool, like 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 we 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 were part of the crowd that started everybody coming in, so it was awesome. That's amazing! Oh my what goodness, I, I can I cannot imagine you at a rave. Why not? I don't know. Don't get me wrong; I still dress the exact same. I don't I don't wear <laughs> rave clothes. I'm not that kind of person, but but it's it's, it's not in, in my blood. But I still dance with the rest of them. Oh my god! There was a dude who uh, he he I saw him having a good time, and at one point, like I, like like we like high fived, and he's like mouthed something to me, and I'm like, what 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 is it? He leans forward. I broke my rib. <gasps> I'm like, are you okay? Yeah, this was yesterday. The alcohol already has me numb. I'm like, he, this guy's appearance. He was a raver. Like he wasn't gonna miss this for the world. He's like, go <laughs> go home. home. But he. He was still dancing. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't guess he had a broken rib. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> no. Uh-uh. <laughs> but yes, I like I like dancing with 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 upbeat EDM music. Yeah, the our the festival I went to had a rave, but it was at four in the morning, and I was so fucking tired. I was yeah. like, I'm not doing this. But apparently, you had to walk up a trail to one of the waterfalls, and then so it was in the woods. And I was like, I'm going to get, one, eaten by a bear, or two, kidnapped by one of the midsummer people, and no one will ever see me again. And here so. I'm like, oh, awesome. Yeah. I was just like, ugh. There were two DJs, kind of like, each of them were taking like an hour of them swapping. Swipping. Swipping. Swapping. And one of them goes, thank you all so much for coming tonight. I want to give a shout out to, and he says two names. They're my parents right over there. And these two old folks are on the wall waving to everybody. And a bunch of people are going over high-fiving them because their their son's doing a great job as a DJ. Oh my I God, just, that's so cute. I adored the fact that his parents were there watching his alley rave. <laughs> <laughs> it was so awesome. And, and, they, and they, they were smiley. They were all, they were very clearly happy to be there. Not like, uh, it's kind of weird. Like, no, yeah. they, were, they, 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 they were there for it. I love that so much. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I also in my going going back to our, the topic at hand though I also consider Re- Revolution a summer band probably because I discovered them at like the end of spring early summer the year that I did discover them but also it's a reggae vibe reggae yeah. goes to like Islander music Islander music is beach and sunshine so like that's exactly. that, that's a pretty easy correlation correlation there one that has no correlation <laughs> you would think to summer but I I can't help but think of it now is uh. Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. I will specifically say the Bring Me the Horizon version. Okay. But like the whole song is about like just like being out late and just making dumb decisions and like nothing good ever happens after two and just like going out meeting people even though you're not quite in the mood but you don't want to be home sort of deal. And I'm just like that is like the most underside of summer because like when it's nice out you don't want to be at home but you also don't want to be by people but you have no choice because everybody's outside because it's summer and like one thing leads to another and it's like three o'clock and you're drunk so like (laughs) i i understand that ed sheeran and i i think that's like a kind of 
anti-summer summer song almost i guess because hmm. it's an, it doesn't an anti-anthem of summer yeah because yeah. it doesn't really fit like the whole like light summery vibes but it kind of like it's it still it's addresses still tell, an yeah, aspect of summer exactly i mean that's that's not fully relatable to me because i love going out and being by people all the time i know same but, thing yeah. same for me um but 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 i can understand the sentiment there yeah uh, here's a throwback summer anthem, uh, "Good Time" by Owl City and Carly yes! Jackson. I was like, "Holy shit! I should I should be be, be blasting that out my my windows." Everyone knows that song because because of Carly Rae Jepsen. No one knows my boy Adam there. <laughs> he wrote the song and brought Carly in. I do. I love that. I love it. But also too, uh, I've been getting back into uh, "Levels" by Avicii. Like okay. something about that song is just. R.I.P my favorite thing and like i was listening to it on one of the first nice days of summer and i was just like yeah yeah yes yeah. and i don't know why <laughs> yourself up there yeah so after that i'm just like that is just a classic fallback on summer song because it goes with anything it goes with a backyard fire it goes with the beach it goes with like you and your friends driving in the car going somewhere stupid like it fits for everything in summer and i really like it and r.a.p avici that was such a good song. I, I've, I haven't heard that song in forever. Holy shit. Um, on, on, there's a song that I know I've talked about before. I'm pretty sure I even had it be one of our, our intros before. Um, but that I, it's, it's, it's starting to bother me because I feel like I'm going crazy that no one else remembers this song, even though it has 14 million views on YouTube. Tonight is the night by Out of Sight. Like no one ever remembers that song, and I like I even played it for B the other day, and she it was like, "Cause she, um, I was playing that that like 2011 style of era of pop music, yeah. and I, I put on, do you, do I remember this one?" And she goes, "I don't think I've ever heard this before." And I was like, "This, this, this guy did not blow up. He's, Baby, he, he's he's a one a one hit wonder. He he's a, it was a mid tier a mid mid level success pop song. So it, like not even a one hit wonder, but yeah." Like, like he, it, it was, it was relevant. It was at school dances, damn yeah. it. Like, how does no one remember this? That's like Hot Shell Ray, where they never, they got past like their first song and they got like into their second and I think third and then they just fell off. I didn't even know there was a third one, but I was going to like, yeah, you know, uh, tonight, tonight. Yeah. Then I like it like that. Yep. I don't know. And then that's it. Yeah, pretty much. I think they're, they think they released the third song and everybody hyped it up, but I can't remember it because I, it just, it's when it all fell off. They, they were like, they were towards the middle to end of the MySpace pop rock boy band kind, oh, of, yeah. kind of vibe. The end of boy bands for a little bit. For a little bit. And then. BTS was like, hello. And I was just like, yes. BTS, the K-pop band? or Yeah. Or- Okay. Uh, I think they normalized boy bands again. Like, there was a few, like, here and there, but, like, BTS was, like, revitalized, I think, a lot of that aspect of boy bands. Do you consider Hot Shell Ray to be in the same era as, like, One Direction, though? Because like, I would say One Direction did that, but... True, but... I don't know. There's just a different vibe from them, and I yeah, don't know if it was because it was a voice competition that they or a singing competition that they won Mm -hmm. but or even like five seconds of summer i could kind of consider being a boy band same with like big time rush too yeah but like it didn't have that sort of hype around them as a boy band it was hype because they had like just good kind of pop songs like Mm -hmm. five seconds of summer and um oh what was their first song i loved that song five sauce she looks so perfect yes that song and then young blood yeah uh they came out with that and like i love that song i think that's a really good summer song as well that's kind of like an oldie that's still it is not year specific it just can roll over constantly it's just a cute song nice there's also there's got oh there's also some differentiation because BTS is a, is very clearly a boy band or whatever but they're also a K-pop band which yeah. is which is kind of it's like American pop and K-pop well remarkably similar especially nowadays there, there there was some differentiation so perhaps that made BTS stand out more and then made people more into that style of music again yeah of of traditional boy bands like just guys on stage singing and dancing as opposed to playing their own instruments and stuff like that 
Would, would, you, would you consider the Jonas Brothers a boy band? Yes. Yeah. But they were still kind of like early 2000s. Oh, absolutely. And I don't yeah. like... I don't know. That was just kind of... They weren't just a boy band. They were like a brothers band too, right. which kind of added to it. So, of course, like they were huge. Do you have a favorite brothers? Kevin. I meant like band. Oh. Kevin, really? You're yeah. one of the few people that say Kevin over he's like just, Joe or Nick. He's so fucking funny. Like he's just used to getting shit on all the time. So like when he like says something, he just it's like, me, the other Jonas brother. Exactly. Oh my god. And his wife is so funny too because she makes fun of him for being that brother. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know what? I bet their relationship is great because we when you can roast each other like that and then help him roast the entire family. Yeah. I'm like, you're you guys are set for life. I I I think just I think by that default. Well, yeah, because I, I wasn't expecting to, like, I was like, I was going, like, brother's band, brother's genre of music, but you just, you, and then, then, I, then I had to address the Kevin answer. <laughs> I think my favorite was probably Joe, just because he was the leader of the group, more or less. I mean, even though their first song I knew was Nick singing, I still consider Joe, like, to be the, the centerpiece of the band. Yeah, Joe was, like, my first, like, Disney crush, just because he had that emo thing, but then yeah. that led me down a dark, dark trail, and now you, I'm a pop punk fan. Quite come out of it. Yeah, no, not at all. It's game over. Uh, that had a TV show, too. That's not important. Right yeah, now. they did. Jonas, then Jonas L.A. Yeah. That had Chelsea Staub, and now, now she goes by Chelsea Kane. I was a fan of Chelsea. <laughs> She's pretty. Um, I like how you said that, like, in such an adorable fashion. I'm a fan of her. I'm a fan. I, 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 I enjoy her works and her face. She was also on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, really? Yeah, she, she, she did pretty well, I think. I don't think she won, but she did pretty well. Anyway, uh, uh, no, because like, on the, the topic of like family bands, if you will, one that I think fits into a summer vibe is... Uh, it's either R5 or 5R. I can't remember. I want to say it's R5 because it's like four brothers. R5, yeah. It's three brothers, a sister, and a cousin. Oh my, and the and, cousin. And so if it's a family band, they have the song, well, let's not be alone tonight. And mm. that's, that's, that's a fun song. Uh, I also, I'm also a big fan of Kings of Leon. Oh that's yes. Four brothers, or maybe it's three brothers and a cousin. I don't remember, but yeah. their, their name comes from because their grandfather was named Leon. So oh, they're, they're, I love that. Yeah, I mean, there's good. technically like 30 seconds to Mars too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the brothers, they're Shannon and Jared. Yeah. Well, but, no, Shannon left. No, no, Tomo left. Yeah, Tomo left. So it's the brothers again. And I'm like, I, there's nothing I can yeah. say that isn't going to get me into trouble. So yeah, like, like how do, how, how, what do you want to say right now? Um, Google conspiracy theories about them. It's great. It's great. It makes cult. a lot of sense. Um, then bringing this around full circle, going to you talking about Midsummer and Hereditary, and then Brothers Bands, the Naked Brothers Band. How did Hereditary have anything to do? Because with Alex Wolf is the brother in Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> who, nice. who kills this? Spoiler alert! Who decapitates his sister? Yeah. I was not expecting that. Like that was like within the first ten minutes of the movie, and I was just like, "What?" what yeah, no, that throws what off do you everything. Do? You, you, you think that the daughter is going to be a centerpiece of the movie, and she yeah, no, dies. just wiped out. I was just like, "Okay." But the Naked Brothers Band was a mockumentary show about a fake band starring Ned and Alex Wolf. I think the show was created by their mom or something like that. Yeah, and it was meant to be a behind-the-scenes look at the whole band and then their songwriting process. And it was I, when I was a kid, I thought it was real. But it, it, it was not, and it was just supposed to be a star vehicle for the brothers. Favorite brothers band ever on the, the top tier. You cannot bother me for at least another two years. Palais Royale. They're all. Brothers. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I asked you that question. I should have known that. I should see Palais that Royale. Top notch. Let's go, kids. On that note. Okay, so honorable mention real quick because we're getting close to time. Uh, Cotton Candy by Youngblood. It's like super high energy, but the tone itself is super low energy. And I really like it. It's just a cute, like little funky song. And if you listen to it, you'll understand what okay, I mean. Okay, I was going to say tone is low energy, but song is high. Energy. Yeah, it's just like a really cute little uh, like candy pop little song. And I really like it. Bubblegum pop? Would you say? Almost. Yeah. I almost call it a cotton candy pop. You shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. That's the opposite of what you should do. But you could. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've been spending too much time with Mallory and Johnny. Don't look at me like that. Okay, okay. When did you get back, by the way? Uh, Sunday night. I got home at like 9.30. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> kind of had to reacclimate to a not, a not vacation mindset. I oh, yeah. I had to immediately go to work yesterday. Oof. And I was just like... I don't even know how to set up my bar anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oopsies. <laughs> okay, well, this was the penultimate episode of the season. Next next episode, get ready for something wild and different. Woot woot. Uh, then the secret project I've been working on is technically done, but I'm going to do a little bit more just because I want to, which will also give us more stuff for a, an additional month. Uh, and that should be coming out probably next month. I don't can't think of a reason why uh, oh sorry i should clarify next yeah. month meaning august not july i'm so excited for this this is like i love yes. looking at these so on that note you should definitely follow our instagram follow us on facebook you should subscribe to our youtube channel uh yeah that's everything we have yeah that's everything yeah, yeah. Have. follow us on spotify or something <laughs> if you're not already listening to us on to us on there oh yeah uh yeah then we'll see y'all next time bye Falling in love